0: Okay let's uh, let's dive in it's uh, it's so lovely to welcome some new faces and it's lovely to welcome some old faces uh, back in the room it was funny as as we were worshiping the lord i i um i kind of pondering you know the service and how it's going and what's coming up and uh, i i get this slight vibration on my wrist and it's it's on my watch, and it's a notification that's kind of linked with my phone. And I'm thinking, "Oh my goodness, who's texting me at this time?" And I glance at my watch. I have to put my glasses down to be able to read it. And it says, uh, "It's a message from Chantelle, who's in the room clearly. She's back here." That says, "Need Mike." M-I-K-E. Now, Mike was our pastor back in England, and I'm thinking, "Why do we need Mike? Like the worship's not that bad this morning." Like, Mike is brilliant at leading ministry and stuff like that, but Mike doesn't even lead worship. What, why do we need Mike? And no joke, for about a minute, I'm thinking, what is she talking about? She's actually talking about this, Mike, which is spelled M-I-C, not K-E. And so I came to the front and rummaged in Chantelle's handbag, which I put it in, and I thought she knew. But anyway, need Mike. Glad she got Mike. Anyway, Um I have these wonderful memories, childhood memories, various things. I was a very active child and would have just spent hours outside all the time. And uh, one of the things I love to do, when I was kind of, uh, I guess, towards top end of primary school, maybe first couple of years in big school, myself and my mates, we would have gone up to Bovingdon Village Green. Now, it is a quintessentially nice english kind of village with a village green with the the cricket square on and all the rest and we would have gone up there surrounding woods duck pond all the rest and we would have gone up to play uh two games on pom and manhunt i've got no idea why we called it on pom it was just a wide game any of you remember those kind of things people go out and hide And then certain people have to go and find them and have to basically catch them or wrestle them or do whatever. And we used to honestly spend hours playing this particular game. And I loved hiding. I loved finding the best places, climbing a tree in the bushes, wherever it might be. Just finding the best place I could. And both games were kind of similar. You had to hide for a certain period of time and not get caught. And then if your friends got caught, they were taken to prison, but if you were still free, you could actually run and actually kind of retrieve them out of prison. I just loved doing that because you felt a real hero. And so for ages, I would spend just just in the bush. You can imagine how impatient I was just thinking, oh, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, don't get caught, don't get caught. And then the moment would come when I thought enough time has passed. It's time to come out. It's time to reveal myself. It's time to show myself to my enemies, to make a mad run for it, and it was usually the bin, because that was like the base or that was the prison, and I would come out of the undergrowth, run like the clappers, get to the bin, and it would be om-pom, save all. Those are just wonderful words. Why om-pom, I've got no idea. Maybe you had other names for sort of similar games. And there's a tenuous link into this morning's teaching. And that is really just to pick up on something that we mentioned last week. And it was a phrase that Jenny Norton had shared with Chantel in a conversation surrounding church that was simply this, it's time for us to come out of hiding. It's time for us. And as I was contemplating that, I was thinking there are many Occasions in the scriptures when we learn and where we read where people withdrew to a solitary place, into the wilderness, a place of isolation. There were many times when people would either deliberately withdraw for a good reason and sometimes withdraw and run away for fear of their life. Could be to the mountaintop, to the valleys. But often it was a place of withdrawing from others for a period. Now, we have spoken time and time again, haven't we, about the uh, importance of the practice of silence and solitude. Silence and solitude, a period of time away from other people, away from our mobile phones, away from the distractions of this world, to spend time alone with Jesus. And often in those places, God really meets us and ministers to us. But the thing is this. We were not designed to stay on our own by ourselves in isolation. We were designed not to remain in those places, but to come out. And as I was pondering this, I was reminded of our teaching series that we did back in January, February, March. Anyone remember what that was? We'll get through this. We'll get through this. And we, we did about eight, ten weeks on the life of Joseph. Literally, we'd gone into that second period of lockdown. We'd had Christmas. Some of us had decided to meet up with each other, and some of us didn't. And whatever happened, COVID went ballistic. And we were literally locked down again. And we're like, oh, not another period of this. And the weather sucks. And it's January. It was a rough time. I struggled personally through that time. And I'm sure many of us did also. And we reminded each week we would have recorded something in front of the camera, we'll get through this, we'll get through this. And we looked at Joseph, how he was sold into slavery, how he was taken to a foreign land, how in that land the Lord was with him and the Lord prospered him. But then there was that moment when he got completely stitched up and he was sent to prison and he was isolated, on his own. But the Lord was with him. You remember some of these stories? You will know the story, many of you as well. And we, um, as I was contemplating this, I looked at, I think it was week five, the title of the talk was, um, God is working in the waiting. Or as Max Licata, the, the well-known Christian writer says, wait while God works. And it was simply a reminder during that season, during that time, when we couldn't do much, where we couldn't see each other, where we could not connect, it was this reminder of we're going to get through this. But God is doing something in us as we wait, as we wait. He's working in the waiting. We're reminded ourselves of well-known Uh, Psalms, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and you know the rest. And of course, the well, well well-known verse in Isaiah, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And it was a season and it was a time of just waiting, of being patient, but not despising it, allowing and inviting God to work in us through our waiting. Preparation for what was going to come through the other side. And folks, we are through the other side. We are, we are allowed to meet. It is such a joy. See, last week especially, and again this week, to have a fuller room with more of us, a bit more of a sense of a buzz about it, about us coming. There's something incredible when we stand corporately and we worship the Lord. We are not right the way through, but we are in a place where it's time to come, where it's time to come out. Uh, Chantelle uh, picked up and she quoted uh, a song she's just going to come and share and just pick up uh, some more on that song the words of it and how it applies to us.
1: That's so weird when Paul was talking about playing his games uh, when he was a child I had this complete flashback of when I was on my P7 trip to Aviemore (laughs) and we played there was this big forest park and it must have been like or evening time and we played that game where loads of you hide and a few of you have to find the others and I basically found this really good hiding place where I lay down in a ditch and no one could find me and I stayed there for ages like I didn't know uh, where everyone else was the only reason I stood up was because I really needed the toilet <laughs> when I stood up like someone saw me and went, and they were like there she is and apparently they'd be, like the game had gone on for so long, they were looking for me for ages and the teachers were really annoyed with me and one of my wee friends said, I thought you'd been kidnapped and you were dead. <laughs> so that's probably not the best example of hiding, but it was, it's just so weird, isn't it, when you have one of those flashbacks of... And so hopefully no one will get cross with you when you come out of hiding. <laughs> so um, I would just really love to um, talk to you about this song. Um, I've been listening to you all week, and God's really been speaking to me and got some scriptures to share with you as well. So I just thought, hopefully this will work, and Jackie is so kind to facilitate. We're gonna play the song, um, and I just really encourage you to l- listen to the words. The words are on the screen, it's a lyric version. Just listen to the words of this song and see how God is speaking to you, um, and yeah. And then I just want to share a few things. So just enjoy this.
2: Come out of hiding, you're safe here with me. There's no need to cover what I already see. You've got your reasons but I hold your peace You've been on lockdown and I hold the key Cause I loved you before, you knew it was love And I saw it all, still I chose the curve
1: Stephanie Gretzinger, and you can find it on YouTube if you want to listen to it again. But I just really feel like that is God's call to us at the minute, to come out of hiding. And I just wanted to look at some of the words and share some scriptures and things with you. Because whenever the song says, come out of hiding, There's an immediate promise with it an immediate reminder it says you're safe here with me and it made me think of so many promises of god in the psalms and i was drawn to psalm 18 in the bible and i'd love to read you a few verses from this psalm and as i read again i really encourage you to see what is god saying to you what parts of this psalm are speaking to you what promise does god want you to hold on to today I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. He reached down from on high and took hold of me he drew me out of deep waters he rescued me from my powerful enemy from my foes who were too strong for me they confronted me in the day of my disaster but the lord was my support he brought me out into a spacious place he rescued me because he delighted in me you lord keep my lamp burning my god turns my darkness into light With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock besides except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. He makes my see- I will make your shaving help my shield, and your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. Isn't there so much in those verses from one psalm? And I really hope that something stood out to you that you can hold on to. Because God promises to be all of these things when we come out of hiding. Because he says, you're safe here with me. And maybe some of us haven't felt that safe recently or because of COVID or for many other reasons. But God says, you're safe here with me. And... it says in the song there's no need to cover what i already see and i shared about that a couple of weeks ago from the story of hagar about the god who sees me and how god meets us in those painful places hagar realizes that god meets her in the wilderness even though she ran away and we don't need to cover up or run away but even if we do God can meet us there. You know, we sang it earlier in that song. Nothing can separate. Even if I ran away, your love never fails. Oops, sorry. And it says, you've got your reasons, but I hold your peace. Sorry, Paul, could you help me? My notes have gone funny. (laughs) I can't see the the presenter notes. Sorry, apologies, technical difficulties. Oh, sorry, I've got it. Thanks, I've got it. Thank you. (laughs) Bit of fluster there. (laughs) So, you've got your reasons, but I hold your pace. Um, I just. Whenever I was contemplating these lines, I just thought, we do have our reasons, don't we? We have our reasons. We cover up and we hide away from God. And maybe when I'm saying that now, some of you are thinking, "Uh uh-huh, I know. I know the reasons why I'm covering up from God, why I might be running away or hiding, but maybe some of us aren't sure and we can't say, We, we maybe couldn't articulate it. But recently, I've been thinking about our own thoughts and our own thinking and how we can easily get stuck in ideas or thoughts that are negative or false beliefs you know and often our reasons for hiding are one of shame and it can come from our own thoughts you know it may be things like we think ourselves like i'm not good enough or if i change this then i'll be able to talk to god or you know people know something i've done or something someone in my family has done they're looking at me or they're thinking this about me And loads of those things ruminate in our head, don't they? But I just... Well, first of all, loads of the time people aren't thinking that at all because they're too caught up thinking in their own stuff. And even if they are, it's not up to them to judge. But we get stuck in our own thoughts and mindsets. You know, maybe it's like, oh if I can do this then I'll feel better about going to church and or whatever it is you'll all have your own thoughts maybe you're thinking some of them now but what I want to say is some of these things just become automatic and our view of God and how he thinks about us is not actually the truth you know It's not what he says about us, and it's not who he is. And we might have negative thoughts about other things too, even about what we were sharing last week about being in community, like, oh, it's been too long, or I just don't know if I could be part of a group and we can become isolated. But God is is saying come out of hiding, and it's not like come out on your own. It's with other people, with help. And I just wanted to say this morning, maybe it's an opportunity to think about our own thoughts, our own reasons, maybe, that we have been hiding away and bring them to the Lord. You know, have our thoughts become stuck? Are we just thinking the same thing over and over? Are we asking God, what are you saying to me, God? What's a fresh word for today? Not the things I've been thinking for the last six months. And you know we can bring these things to jesus because it says here he holds our peace and you know Psalm 29 11 says the lord gives strength to his people he blesses his people with peace and how much do we need that right now in a time of turmoil of division of isolation of anxiety god promises peace to you and me we've been we've been in lockdown and god holds the key the keys to peace to freedom to life to connection because because of jesus and what he's done for us it's amazing and i love these lines from the song because i loved you before you knew it was love i saw all still i chose the cross you were the one that i was thinking of when i rose from the grave and this reminded me of another psalm psalm 139 that might be familiar to some of you it says for i created you created sorry for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb i praise you because i'm fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful i knew that full well and whenever i read that i just thought oh that we would believe those words that we would be able to say to god i praise you because i am fearfully and wonderfully made like how often do we just put ourselves down or have these really negative thoughts in our head god I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Gratitude and honor to God because he made us. And because of him, we're worthy. Like, that's so amazing and it says my frame was not hidden from you when i was made in the secret place when i was woven together in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be him like leslie and i hadn't conferred, and we sang that in one of the songs earlier about you know god sees us he, he knew us before we were born he sees our fears he sees our faults he sees our hiding he sees our sin And our every day is written in his book. And still he chose the cross. He sacrificed himself. And this morning, it's so personal, guys. It's not this abstract thought. It's you were the one I was thinking of when I rose from the grave. And I just feel like some of us, when we hear those kind of words, we sit there and go, we're looking around. Who's he talking to? We don't believe it about ourselves. He's talking to each one of us. Now rid of the shackles, my victory's yours. I tore the veil for you to come close. There's no reason to stand at a distance anymore. You're not far from home. Jesus did this so we could have freedom, so that we could draw near to God. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You know, when Jesus... Died, the veil was torn it says when he gave up his spirit he cried out in a loud voice and at that moment the curtain of the temple was torn in two jesus died so that there could be no barriers between us and him and i think it's us he put up the barriers you know it said earlier we talked about in the song it says you have your reasons but now it says there's no reason to stand at a distance from god Jesus made a way for us and getting rid of the shackles. I think some of us every day are walking around as if we've got big shackles on our feet. We're carrying big, heavy baggage, but that's not God's design for us. Um, We sang it earlier, no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Um, and there's another song I've been listening to, and it says, If You Walked Out of the Grave, I'm Walking Too. It's such a cool song. But, you know, Jesus rose again and walked out of the grave so that we could do that. Um, and some of us need to come out of the grave today, the dark places we find found ourselves in. You know, maybe we've walked in there ourselves, or maybe it feels like someone shoved us in there because of what they've done, or whatever but we need to walk out of the grave and take off the grave clothes when you think of the story of Lazarus Lazarus Jesus told him to come out of the grave and he asked others to take off his grave clothes so maybe some of us need help as well I'm not saying that this is easy but with help we can take off the grave clothes you know what are we shrouded in today that separates us from the love of God and then we will be home with him home where we belong I'll be your lighthouse when you're lost at sea and I will eliminate everything. When this feels hard, when you're thinking, I can't do this, there's promise after promise after promise. When we feel lost, he looks for us, he finds us like a ship lost at sea catching glimpse of the lighthouse we're gonna find where we need to be with him we sang it as well earlier not alone here in these open seas if you feel adrift you're not alone if you're feeling lost he will show you the way God turns our darkness into light as we read earlier from psalm 18. we don't need to fear because he's our light and our salvation so many promises no need to be frightened by intimacy just throw off your fear and come running to me and some of us are frightened we're hiding from god but he sent jesus to die so that we could come close and today i want to tell you if you're feeling like that he's good and he's trustworthy and even if other people have let you down even if life has battered you even if other christians have hurt you that is not god and it's an invitation today to throw off fear Take off those shackles, stand firm, do not be burdened, and come running to God. And, you know, some of, I was talking about that wrong view of God. God is patient and he's kind. You know, we re- I was talking about Nehemiah as well recently. The people didn't listen. They kept neglecting god they kept forgetting about the amazing things he'd done they kept rebelling their attitude pretty much (laughs) shocked and maybe some of us are like that maybe we've forgotten the amazing things god has done but in nehemiah 9 we read he's a forgiving god gracious and compassionate slow to anger rich in love and he didn't desert the people of israel when they rebelled and he hasn't deserted you or me he chose the cross and today this song has just spoken to me so much and i just want to ask will you choose him will you choose to come out of hiding and follow jesus today
0: throughout the bible there's uh, a number of characters and stories of individuals who ran away or hid or withdrew and i want to just with the remaining time that we have just pick up on a well-known story and that's the story of Elijah from 1 Kings 19. The bit that precedes it is he's just had a real big barbecue off against the prophets of Baal, and uh, you can read that in 1 Kings 18. Uh, Jezebel is not best pleased and is chasing after Elijah and wants to kill him. This is where we pick up the story. Um, If you're like me, I know I often just switch off. And so I'm encouraging you now just for the next few minutes is to try and just switch on, turn on. The Words will come up there. We're going to hit pause along the way because I think there's just two or three really important things that I think God wants to speak to us about. Uh, verse 3, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. So that's the place of which he's gone he's gone running he's gone hiding he comes to a broom bush and he sits down underneath it prays that he might die his words were i have had enough lord take my life i am no better than my ancestors then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep there are many times i'm sure over these last few months when we have said i have had enough enough. And I dare say there will be some, and we'll know other people that have gotten to the point, the real point of saying, take my life. If that ever gets there for any of us, please say, please come forwards, please always speak up and speak out. I'm sure many of us have felt moments when we've said enough lord enough all at once the angel touches him says get up and eat he looks around and he sees by his head some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water he eats and drinks lays down again the angel of the lord comes a second time touching, saying get up and eat for the journey is too much for you So he eats and he drinks. And what I love is what I said earlier, is along the journey, going through the journey, God meets our needs. This is a physical need which was met by food and water. It wasn't just the food and the water. He actually still comes to him, converses with him, speaks to him, and has a conversation. Regardless of where we feel we are at, he still is inviting, he is still speaking, and he is still providing for us. Elijah looks around, no, we've done that bit. Uh, Strengthened by that, he travels for 40 days and 40 nights until he reaches Horeb, the mountain of God. That's a long journey, 40 days. Then he went into a cave and spends the night. The word the Lord comes to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replies, I've been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. The the Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. He's arrived in this place. He's in the wilderness. He's gone for 40 days, 40 nights. He finds a cave. He goes into the cave. He spends time hiding, taking refuge in this cave. And in that moment and in that place, God speaks again. And he says, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And I wonder this morning, this is not a bad thing. It's an invitation. It's a question. If God was speaking to us, asking the same question what what are you doing here i don't mean physically although it could be could be where he has you could be emotionally could be spiritually could could mean a number of different things it's an invitation the lord says to him go out and stand on the mountain where in the presence of the lord it's in the presence it's in his presence That We find him where he speaks to us, where he guides us. Many of us will know the story well. Some of us, this could be the first time you've ever heard it. Then in a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord, but God was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After that came fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. God's got his attention. He comes and he hears his whisper, his gentle whisper. And he responds to his invitation. And the voice speaks again the lord speaks again and says ask the same question what are you doing here elijah he gives the exact same answer and then the lord says go back anoint Hezael king over aram go back the way you came what are you doing here go back the way you came as i was reading this I'm pondering this I was wondering how much of it is simply our response to coming out of hiding is just doing the things we used to do it's reminded of a song written by uh, a fellow called Matt Redman uh, during a time where he was feeling far from the Lord he was feeling away and he wrote this song based upon the verses in Revelation chapter 2. His words in his song are, when my heart runs dry, there's no song to sing, no holy melody, no words of love within. I recall the height from which this fragile heart has slipped. I'll remember you. I will turn back and do the things I used to do for the love of you. And it goes on and on. And I wonder for some, it's just a simple case of just go back. Go back the way you came. Go do the things you were doing before. Two very brief other things, and then we're going to worship, and then we're going to pray, of what coming out of hiding might look like. It could be to pick up things that you'd started before lockdown. Sense, like for some, there were just things that you were at that the Lord was inviting you into, that you were just beginning. And it's time to return to those things, to pick those things up, to attend to that business again. And then, almost like a paradox, for some, it's a case of laying down some of the things that you know need to be laid down and not tended to again and come into the new thing. God speaks to Elijah and he says go back the way you came go to the desert of Damascus why? because the Lord had an assignment for him. The Lord has assignments for us God has been working in us, preparing us do not despise the difficulty that we have come through God has been at work in our lives, but now's the time. Now's the time to come out. Let's stand. We're going to worship, and then we're going to pray. Let us stand.